in chapter 10, 1 there. After Abimelech died, Tola, the son of Pua, the son of Dodo, a man of Issachar, arose to save Israel, and he lived in Shamir, in the hill country of Ephraim. He judged Israel 23 years, and he died, was buried in Shamir. After him, Yair the Gileadite arose, judged Israel 22 years. He had 30 sons who rode on 30 donkeys, and they had 30 cities in the land of Gilead that are called Havoth Yair to this day. And Yair died and was buried in Canaan. So in five verses there, we have two judges. And I call them minor judges. You notice the title. Minor judges and a battling major judge. So we've seen mainly uh, major judges like, well, we just uh, off the heels of uh, Gideon, um, Deborah, you know, some of them like that. Those were judges that were uh, picked by God to lead Israel into victory. There was Ehud, if you'll remember him, uh, as he delivered them from Moab. So there are a few. Now there was a guy by the name of Shamgar uh, struck down 600 Philistines with an ox goat and he also saved Israel. That was one verse. He would be considered a minor judge. Okay. But, you know, he did some things. So you get here Tola. What What is he at? 23 years. Uh, Yair is after him, so uh, 22 years. God raises them up. They're not real significant. It's not that they're less of people, but they're not given a lot of uh, room here. We don't get too much about them. Uh, we get how many years they were, or you get the, uh, what, Yair with the 30 donkeys and the 30 cities. 30 sons. 30 sons. That meant probably, especially with those donkeys, there's probably some significance to that. Maybe something like uh, maybe a little bit of peace going on at that time as they're kind of ruling. At least it's not as bad as it had been before uh, Abimelech and such. Jesus rode into town on a donkey. On a donkey, he did. That's right, coming into Jerusalem. Now you may have mentioned this before. Peace. But I don't remember. But it says on both of these, well, here arose, and I think you said there arose, that they arose. How did, how were they chosen? How did they arise? Did they just kind of stand out? We don't see God, you know, speaking to them here, but somehow, you know, it's just like today. There's certain leaders that arise. I mean, you know, how, where do they come from? You know, what what are they about? Did they seek that on their own, or uh, it could have been somehow, you know, people recognize certain people. It'd be kind of like today, you know, when people rise for, they get elected into a position, you know, those kind of things. Probably, a, what's that? They didn't have an election. Right. <laughs> well, they, they, yeah. do, they, do take, they do take, they throw their lots in, right, with Samson. No, not Samson. Saul. They threw in their lots with Saul, and then they picked him out of the 12 tribes. So, I mean, it's, it's not camping. They definitely place beds or throw their that person might have the personality of maybe speaking, or he's got you know a good leadership ability, something that they they yeah, brought up. I don't see a yeah. 
I really, really don't see where, like, in certain cases where God comes to, they're you know, like uh, Gideon or Deborah or uh, something along that lines. They're just they're just brought up in a position, and so that's that's those two judges there. Okay, in verse six, then the sons of Israel again did evil in sight of the Lord. What you have here is the same old pattern. I don't really have to tell you, do I? Well, you know what they do? They were blessed enough to have somebody lead them, and so it was relatively peaceful. And then they did evil, sight of the Lord, served the Baals, and the Ashtaroth. Notice from there's like seven of them here. Uh, the gods of Aaron, the gods of Sidon, the gods of Moab, the gods of the sons of Ammon, the gods of the Philistines, thus they forsook the Lord and did not serve Him. And He's mentioned these nations before. That was the nations that they had driven out of Israel. And so there they are, and the gods are named there. And of course, the ones that are known the most are the Baal and Ashtaroth. But even all the other gods are there, and they got into that. That's called spiritual adultery. The anger of the Lord burned against Israel, and he sold them into the hands of the Philistines, and into the hands of the sons of Ammon, or Ammon, Ammon, Jordan, on the other side of the Jordan River, right? Uh, They afflicted, crushed the sons of Israel that year for 18 years now. They afflicted all the sons of Israel who were beyond the Jordan in Gilead in the land of the Amorites. The sons of Ammon crossed the Jordan to fight also against Judah, Benjamin, and the house of Ephraim so that Israel was greatly distressed. So it wasn't just um, like Gilead, but also across the river to where we know where Judah is, which is like where Jerusalem, you know, uh, Benjamin. Ephraim, all around that area, just a little north of uh, where Jerusalem would be. So we have, uh, what is it? Deuteronomy chapter 7, I think verse 1. Same old nemesis, I guess you could say. It's all those ites. (laughs) Deuteronomy 7 1. When the Lord your God brings you into the land, where you're entering to possess it and clears away many nations before you, the Hittites and the Girgashites, the Amorites and the Canaanites, the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and stronger than you. When your Lord, your God, delivers them before you and you defeat them, then you shall utterly destroy them. Make no covenant with them. Anyway, there they are in verse 6. And... (laughs) God knows exactly what they're doing and He's judged them. He responds uh, in anger to them. And then we see in um, verse 9 they distressed the people. And then in verse 10 the sons of Israel cried out to the Lord saying, We have sinned against you for indeed we have forsaken our God and serve the Baals. Well, here's the same old repentance. The Lord said to the sons of Israel, Did I not deliver you from the Egyptians, the Amorites, the sons of Ammon and the Philistines? Also when the Sidonians, the Amalekites, and the Mayanites oppressed you, you cried out to me, and I delivered you from their hands. Did you remember me? I did that, right? Yet 
you have forsaken me and served other gods, therefore I will no longer deliver you. Ooh, sounds like that's it. I've had enough. Go and cry out to the gods which you have chosen. Let them deliver you in the time of your distress. That's pretty clear, isn't it? Go to them. The sons of Israel said to the Lord, We have sinned. Do to us whatever seems good to you. I like this though. Only Only please deliver us this day. (laughs) Do whatever you want to us, but deliver us. (laughs) Just don't hurt me. What does God do? Well, you see in 16, so they put away the foreign gods from among them and served the Lord and He could bear the misery of Israel no longer. What kind of God do we have? Very patient. Aren't we glad that He is patient? He is merciful. Because I too am a father. And my kids sometimes do things, and then you Daddy, say, I'm then done they, with you. Yeah, but Daddy, I'm done. Yeah. But Daddy, but Daddy, <laughs> that's it. That's it. I'm done. But Daddy, I'm sorry for yelling at you. Oh, yeah. I was very mad at you. God says. I have mercy. Now you give mercy. But at the time, but sometimes we have to be pretty fearful, don't we? Yeah. But he lets us live the consequences of our actions, though, too. Even if he makes a way, yeah. I have to endure him so bad. Do we see some repentance here? Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. They they do cry out. They know they need God. They've done this. They've done it. They've done it. They've done it again. And they repent though. And they do action. Here's part of the repentance. It means not only to say you're going to quit doing those things, you quit. You do whatever it takes. So they put the foreign gods away from among them. They serve the Lord. He forgives them. And the sons of Ammon were summoned. They camped in Gilead. The sons of Israel gathered together. Camped in Mitzvah. Israel doesn't have a chance. Well, they're on the right side though. The people, leaders of Gilead, said to one another, Who is the man who will begin to fight against the sons of Ammon? He shall become head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. And in comes in our major judge. So, chapter 11... We finished the chapter. Here we go with another chapter. So, you got that set up, right? People are ready again to obey God, to be blessed. Now, Jephthah the Gileadite was a valiant warrior. He's a mighty, powerful warrior is who he is. But he was the son of a harlot. And Gilead was the father of Jephthah. So Gilead is not a noble man here. You know, he actually he has a concubine here, a, 
a harlot, has a son by her, but he has other children too from another wife, from his wife, says verse 2, Gilead's wife, bore him sons, and when his wife's sons grew up, they drove Jephthah out and said to him, you shall not have an inheritance in our father's house, for you are the son of another woman. Get it? Now this is Jephthah, the mighty warrior. He's kicked out. So Jephthah fled from his brothers and lived in the land of Tob. And worthless fellows, there we go again. Who hung around worthless fellows in chapter 9? Well, it was Abimelech. He, he took on worthless fellows to go kill all of his brothers, didn't he? Well, is Jephthah going to be like Abimelech? Is he going to be like him? Abimelech, there's nothing good about him. Would you say Abimelech is in the hall of faith in Hebrews 11? No. So what about Jephthah? Same thing. Born, uh, his mother is a harlot. His brothers that don't like him, now, they don't kill him, they just cast him out. So he fled, went to his own place, took around worthless fellows, same kind of pattern almost. They were around him and they went out with him. But he's a powerful man. Mighty warrior. It came about while the sons of Ammon fought against Israel. When the sons of Ammon fought against Israel, the elder of Gilead, elders of Gilead, went to get Jephthah from the land of Tob. And they said to Jephthah, this is the same guy that they kicked out, right? Uh-huh. Same guys. Say, okay, hey, uh, Jephthah, come and be our chief that we may fight against the sons of Ammon. It almost sounds like, okay, God, yeah. Would you say they're kind of desperate? They need a leader. They need a warrior. He's the one. So they go to him. They had to really beat Crow here, you know. So uh, he says to the elders of Gilead, "Did you not hate me?" and drive me from my father's house? So why have you come to me now when you're in trouble? The elders of Gilead said to Jephthah, For this reason, we have now returned to you that you may go with us and fight with the sons of Ammon and become head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. He was the lowest on the totem pole. And now they say, We're going to put you at the top. You're going to lead us. You're the head. What does he say? Matter of fact, the elders of Gilead said to Jephthah, The Lord is witness between us. Surely we will do as you have said. Whatever you say, we'll follow you. And the Lord is a witness here. Then Jephthah went with the elders of Gilead, and the people made him head and chief over them. And Jephthah spoke all his words before the Lord and Mitzvah. So he becomes now the judge. He's a major judge. Is he going to be like... That other guy in chapter 9, like Abimelech. Because he uh, made himself a leader, didn't he? And some of the people, you know, thought he was going to uh, be their man. Well, now Jephthah sent messengers to the king of the sons of Ammon, saying, what he does now is he's going to be speaking to the king. He's taking rulership here. 
sends messengers out. Here's what I'm asking. Here's what I'm asking here. What is between you and me that you have come to me to fight against my land? See, they think it's their land, or they're going to act like it's their land. But he says, "What well, are you fighting against?" My... It's pretty full, pretty brash, isn't it? This is my land. The king of the sons of Ammon said to the messengers of Jephthah, "Because Israel took away my land when they came up from Egypt." from the Arnon as far as the Jabbok and the Jordan, therefore return them peaceably now. Real quick like, I will tell you, they didn't take their land because they did, They weren't in that area. They didn't do that. But that's what they're saying. You know what they're doing? They're lying to make their case. Yep, they do. Yeah, and this land right here by the Jordan River mm-hmm. and on the other, other side, that is their land. Of course, that's what his argument, what he does is he just kind of builds up arguments here. Now, we've been introduced to Jephthah. We see that, that he's been brought into prominence. Now, uh, I would say, it's interesting, the other guys were kind of you know, it just kind of rose up. Now, Jephthah comes on the scene and they make him leader just like that. So, Audrey, a little bit different this time, isn't it, than the other two guys? But Jephthah sent messengers again to the king of the sons of Ammon after that king lied. And they said to him, Thus says Jephthah, here's what Jephthah's saying. Israel did not take away the land of Moab, nor the land of the sons of Ammon. For when they come up from Egypt, and Israel went through the wilderness to the Red Sea, and came to Kadesh, Kadesh Barnea, then Israel sent messengers to the king of Edom, saying, Please let us pass through your land. But the king of Edom would not listen. And they also sent to the king of Moab, but he would not consent. So Israel remained at Kadesh. Then they went through the wilderness and round the land of Edom and the land of Moab, because that's not the land that God had promised them anyway, and came to the east side of the land of Moab, and they camped beyond the Arnon, but they did not enter the territory of Moab, for the Arnon was the border of Moab. Israel sent messengers to Sihon, king of the Amorites, the king of Heshbon, and Israel said to him, Please let us pass through your land to our place. Now he's quoting history here, isn't he? He's going back to what had happened. So he knows that pretty well. Good arguments, aren't they? But Sihon did not trust Israel to pass through his territory. So Sihon gathered all his people and camped in Jahaz and fought with Israel. The Lord, the God of Israel, and you notice what, what is he saying? God gets the credit. The Lord, the God of Israel, Yahweh, the God of Israel, gave Sihon and all the people into the hand of Israel. And this is history. It happened exactly as he said it. And they defeated them. So Israel possessed all the land of the Amorites, the inhabitants of that country. So, you know, it's over there in that area where they defeated Sihon. They took that land because they beat them. And, but that is not the land of where uh, of the king of Ammon 
is at at that time. And don't get confused with the Amorites and the Ammonites, right? It sounds the same name. Anyway, so they possessed all the territory of the Amorites from the Arnon as far as the Jabbok River and from the wilderness as far as the Jordan. Since now the Lord, the God of Israel, drove out the Amorites from before his people, Israel, are you then to possess it? You know, this wasn't your land. We defeated that, and we're not even we're not even talking about your land over there, but you're talking about right here. You didn't have anything to do with that. And he gives the history of it. Here's where it's at. Well, nations do this today, don't they? Especially with Israel. Slide on up to try to take some Try to take more chunks of the land of Israel, they do. Do you not possess what Chemosh, your God, gives you to possess? Your God, you notice? Don't you possess what your God gave you? So look what God gave us. So whatever the Lord, Yahweh, our God, has driven out before us, we will possess it. Whatever he, whatever he drove out, whoever He did, we get that land. We want it. It's rightfully ours. Now, are you any better than Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab? Did you catch what he's doing here? Good arguments, aren't they? Really good. Did he... <laughs> Did he ever strive with Israel or did he ever fight against them? While Israel lived in Heshbon and its villages and in Aror and its villages and in all the cities that are on the banks of the Arnon, 300 years, why did you not recover them within that time? 300 years it's been like that. I therefore have not sinned against you, but you are doing me wrong by making war against me. May the Lord, Yahweh, the judge, judge today between the sons of Israel and the sons of Ammon. But the king of the sons of Ammon disregarded the message which Jephthah sent him. So he's trying to reason with him. He fills up the arguments. He's right. Historically, it's accurate. And then he comes out and says, why do you think this is yours anyway? This is not even yours. Why are you fighting us? You're mini-gods. Now, the Spirit of the Lord, look at this, came upon Jephthah. Do you notice any difference now between Jephthah and Abimelech? who wasn't really even a judge, but an evil man who thought he was in leadership. God has now put the Spirit of the Lord on him. That means that certain times throughout uh, history of Israel, judges, kings, whoever he brings up or they rise up, puts the Spirit of the Lord on them to fulfill the duty that He has for them. In this case, I will tell you that Jephthah is a believer. He's given all credit to him. Uh, I could still be reading into the text, but if you turn to Hebrews chapter 11. That's why he knew his history. Yeah, he knew quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like he was brain dead, bronze. That's right. He is. He has very good arguments, biblical arguments. 
Verse 32, what more shall I say? This is the Hebrew hall of faith, right? By faith they overcome. Hebrews 11, 32. What what more shall I say? He's given all these names and everything and left off with uh, Ram. He says, for time will fail me if I tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets, right? He says, I don't have time to, to elaborate on them, but guess whose name is in there? Jephthah, this guy right here. Now, with that being said, it's interesting. In a few short verses to the end of the chapter, what he does. It's, it doesn't match. I mean, this, this is baffling. But he has the Spirit of the Lord on him. And he passed through Gilead and Manasseh. Then he passed through Mitzpah of Gilead. From Mitzpah of Gilead, he went on to the sons of Ammon. I mean, he's defeating, right? All these, the enemies. Jephthah made a vow to the Lord and said, you know what he's doing, he's passing through there. He's going through, this is what he's going to overtake. He says, uh, and he speaks to the Lord. Makes a vow. Why does it? I don't know. There's no reason to make a vow here. He got all excited. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He got all excited. When I read this, I didn't get it until I got to the end. Yeah, I got all excited. I got mad when I read it. I was so mad. Come on, Jeff. You're doing better than this. You knew. Who else is coming out of your house? Sorry. Jumping ahead. What were you thinking? Here he is. in there? Yeah. He's, he's blessed by the Lord here. And he just wants to put a little thing like, hey, God, if I do this, you'll do this. Sometimes our prayers are that way. God, if you will bless me, I will do this. funny thing is that oftentimes I feel like when we do that with God, we're not really like, we're like I mean, you can still do it and not expect me to fall through. But this guy is like, he followed through. Well, this and this is just his high talk. Yeah, it made a vow. This, yeah. Is, yeah. Vows. this is like this is like him trying to say, "See, I did something." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lord, if you're kind of glad, I want your yeah. two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I, did so like this, I really like it affected me, and I was like, I will never make another vow. Are you making a vow right now? <laughs> 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 Lord, I will try. Gotcha. <laughs> 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 Lord, what I said. <laughs> 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 Jesus, Jesus, teach me to be like that. Jesus, teach my yes to be yes to my no. There you go. <laughs> and that's what Jesus said, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. We don't have to make vows, right? Yeah. But we do it in our prayers, you know. We or it's kind of hidden behind there. God's a God of grace. God is a God of history, and He's already spoken about it. Here's what God did. He gave them over to Him, right? Well, makes a vow to the Lord and said, If you will indeed give the sons of Ammon in my land, hand, then it shall be that whatever comes out of the doors of my house to meet me, when I return in peace from the sons of Ammon, when I return from victory, right? It shall be the Lord's, and I will offer it up as a burnt offering. What is he expecting to do? Lose? Yeah, I think he already thinks he's going to win, but he wants. It's almost like, 
a little tag in here just to make sure. You know, get this 100% guarantee. I'll make a deal. You know, well, uh, Gideon did something, you know, the. But this is like but not bad as this. doing stuff. This is like works. Yeah, yeah. That's This, this is, is teaching fine. grace here, isn't it? Yeah. It's all God that's going to do this. But you well, go out and, and do it, and right? And well, and he had all those victories and went marched through all those victories. He passed through Yeah, he had all those victories. In the New Testament, Ananias, Francis, I can't uh, remember. Uh, yeah, they yeah. made the vows. They're going to pull the church to the church. And, and then they kept back a little bit. You know, they, said, they said they did, but they didn't. Yeah, yeah. this is the same lied. thing. Yeah. They just wanted to, you know, look like they were doing yeah. something. Yep. If they had told the truth, I mean, they probably would have still gotten really confused. I don't think that they would have dropped that, but they said, you didn't lie to me, you lied to the Spirit. Yeah, why? Yeah, that's just straight up there. Oh. Yeah. What you got here is a guy who has come up through the culture. Remember all the gods that they had? The child sacrifices, you know, like Molech and all that. And he's kind of blended in a little bit of the world's thinking, wanting to do something for God and his people. But that culture is still on him. And he does something that does Okay, you do the vow, but why the burnt offering? Well, and why? The first thing that comes out of writing, he said, I'll give you all my cattle. Uh, I'll give you all. I'll give you my favorite dog. Why? Whatever comes out. (laughs) What's going to be coming out of the house? Well, it could be a goat or something, I guess. Oh, it's not going to be a goat to greet him, he says, when I'm to meet me. I think he didn't like What's coming out of his house when to meet him? You only have one thing in there. And she's precious. I think she's the apple of his eye. It's his only daughter. And that's the only way he's going to have grandchildren. So, Jephthah crossed over to the sons of Ammon to fight against them, and the Lord gave them into his hand. You notice the Lord hadn't said anything about like, oh, oh, yeah, right. The Lord didn't say a thing in this vow. Either or. Never did. He struck them with a very great slaughter from a roar to the entrance of Mineth, twenty cities, and as far as Abel Karamim. So the sons of Ammon were subdued before the sons of Israel. Totally destroyed them. Blew them away. Big one, a big win, right? Seven zero. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you guys did that reference. Totally shut out. Yeah. Well, Blew them away. Mexico versus Chile in soccer. Oh, Chile so, yeah. won seven. Mexico zero. So it's been a big, it's been a big issue for like my Chilean friends and like my Mexican family. There's, now there's beef. So <laughs> and so that's what it sounds like. Total destroyed, like, right? Blow away, and they like to yeah, they're gonna give it to them. Definitely gonna rub it in their face. <laughs> well, Jephthah's excited and everything. Israel is excited. He's so excited. It sounds like he forgot. Mm. And then he was reminded, wasn't he? Here we go. When Jephthah came to his house at Mitzpah, behold, behold, check this out. Behold, oh my. His daughter was coming out to meet him with tambourines and with dancing. Now she was his one and only child. Besides her, he had no son or daughter. 
When he saw her, he tore his clothes and said, Alas, my daughter, you have brought me very low, and you are among those who trouble me. For I have given the word, my word to the Lord, and I cannot take it back. Actually, he could have. If he would have known Leviticus, there's a section in there on vows, and it says if there's, if you want to get some, redeem something back that you vowed or promised, you do that plus a percentage more of it for what that value is. At least you could do that if you did something rashly. He didn't know the law here good enough for a most important. Yeah, that's a good point. He does it on his own. Yeah. Wouldn't you think it's wise to say, hey, listen, uh, I just made something. I said a stupid thing, I think. What do you think I could do? You don't seem going to God in this and saying, Lord, I didn't know what I was saying. I think he did, but... He could repent it, though, to the Lord. But like you said, they say there is a repentance that could... This is amazing what she says. My Father, you've given your word to the Lord. Do to me as you have said. Since the Lord has avenged you of your enemies, the sons of Ammon. She said to her father, let this be done, this thing be done for me. Let me alone two months. And I may go to the mountains and weep because of my virginity. I never got married. I didn't have any kids. You don't have any grandkids. I and my companions. So she took them with her. Then he said, go. So he sent her away for two months. She left with her companions. Wept on the mountains because of her virginity. Didn't have kids. That's like the worst thing that can happen to a woman. To not have kids bear, get that blessing. and At the end of two months of her virginity, or, or, or she returned to her father, who did to her according to the vow which he had made, and she had no relations with him. She had never had relations. She never had any kids. You would think, there is a debate on this, but I think we all know what really happened to her. Some people say, well, she, it, it, the vow is that she will never get married, and she'll never have kids. But you guys already get it, don't you? There's no argument here. He did to her according to his vow. Exactly. And 40, that the daughters of Israel went yearly to commemorate the daughter of Jephthah, the Gileadite, four days in the year. So they kept that, that memory up. They commemorated what happened there as they mourned you know, for that situation. So... Yeah, and you're right. They did not. That was the whole thing about Israelites. What? But here he said he said it. He said burnt offering, and chances are, what 
what really happened. And most people like to think on the on the upside a little bit more that she they, that she just didn't ever marry. And I like to think that too. But because, as I've read, like other commentaries, to, and like I say, there's still a debate on it. But I think as he set up an offering and he continued through with it, and then they kept doing the commemoration. But yeah, uh, Matthew Henry is right in saying the Jews did not do human sacrifices. But remember where we're at here in at the time of Israel in this Canaanite land and how they had turned away from God. And even when they're starting to turn back, they still have all of it. That's what happens with culture. It rubs off on us. That Really, that was not a Jewish thing to do, though. I mean, absolutely. Any commentator will say that. Uh, it, I mean, they didn't do it. He said it. Right, as of right yeah. now, it doesn't, say, right. it doesn't say that any of them are Jewish. It refers to them as a whole as an Israelite. And... He is the he is the son of a prostitute, and he might not have done it, but he said he would offer it up for a burnt offering. Yeah, he said that. Which that was his vow. It makes people wonder two things. It it may literally mean that it, but they're also because the can you push it on her to remain a virgin? You can give it a try. I mean, I mean, there there are people like you know. Uh, the prophet was given, you know, to the church, to the prophets when he was born after he was done in nursing. You know, Samuel, yeah. And, you know, but that was different. Even he eventually had kids, right? He had, had a wife or two, had kids of his own. But he was committed on to the Lord. According to my Bible, the, the Ammonites are the descendants of Lot, or what that's worth. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. The descendants of Lot. Which I thought was interesting. Lot. I don't think it's interesting. But... Um, and that's uh, where Jordan is at today. I'm on Jordan. Yep. Okay. Why am I not that, was, that was Moab, right? Mm-hmm. Why am I not recognizing Lot? Lot, Abraham's nephew. Oh, His wife right. turned into salt. Yep, there we go. Yeah. Sodom is a lot of compromise there, right? To the men of the yeah. city. Yeah. Really What's your second one there, Audrey? Oh, That's a good point. One other thing that I want to say is that we realize going through judges that they're living in among those those evil people. Do you see how often sexual sin, apparently, you know, you've got the heart of the son, you've got the heart of the son, Jephthah. It's just harlotry all around, it looks like. So prominent on the other day. And, yeah. and we don't call them that. We call them girlfriends. I kind of like calling them. <laughs> I'm calling them. 
She was willing to do whatever you know her father had said. That's right. what's made the character on her was really something. Whatever the consequence was going to be, it's not good for her, is it? But so that's quite a character that we get out of a story she like this. She had that kind of character. She shouldn't have had to have that happen to her. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that was kind of a lost characteristic <laughs> yep. to be so dedicated. So we see Jephthah with warts and all, but there he is. He's a believer. And God filled him with the Spirit and to have victory. It must have been God wanted, God wanted his daughter. Well, God wanted to teach him to maybe shut up. up. <laughs> and, and all Israel could see, but then they used it as a memorial for what had happened, right. though, too, for all the years to be so careful for what you vowed to God. Be careful what you say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, that's quite an interesting story, isn't it? But, you know, God is very merciful. He's very gracious. He's very forgiving at a time like that. And what's going on in our world? So, what we'll just take, we don't have to take a long time, we'll just take a few minutes here, that uh, we can be praying for our government, our leaders, uh, what's coming down the line and what's happening out there at the same time. How can we be an impact on this culture around us? I don't know what to do. All I know is, here's what we're supposed to do. Preach, teach the Word, be ready to get the truth in season and out of season. And that's really what is there. But that the Lord just bring those people to us. And Lord brought you a person at your work today and got to share a little bit of the Gospel. And so, hey, if we can make an impact on a person here and there, that's you what we just want. just done the, uh, the resurrection, and the, or no, the crucifixion, the Sunday that you did that. And uh, Tony Hoos posted some stupid thing from some guy that said it wasn't much of a sacrifice. Because, I mean, you know, he was God. You just say he was God. If you believe he was God, then he knew he was going to come back to life. So, I mean, what kind of a deal is that? So I had an opportunity, because you had just done that, I had an opportunity to talk about the crucifixion, as a man what he went through, and then as God himself what he went through when his father had to turn away from him. And boy... He had that complete wrath. Yeah. That was that was awesome. So that's I mean, sacrifice. That just, so you're that was able. Right, it was really fresh on my. And I just. So could he answer that one, or he just <laughs> he just put it out there? He never he never responded. He's done this a couple of times. He doesn't respond to me. He, when I yeah when I lay it on him, he, he never comes back at me. He never he never comes back at me. He never says it again. <laughs> well, maybe there's some respect there, right? You know what? Even if he's not seeing it, all those people that he's sending this thing to are seeing it. She goes, makes me so mad. 
<laughs> Righteous anger. Well, let's pray uh, for uh, the lost world out there. Uh, Audrey, would you like to start us there?